0: Welcome to the Tech of Business show. I'm your host, Jamie Slutsky. And on this show, we are exposing the technology that runs growing and thriving businesses today. From smart and innovative to nuts and bolts, there is no tech stone unturned. Now it's time to talk tech and let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Tech of Business Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Sletsky, and today I have with me Ellie Natoli. Ellie's unique approach to strategic service-first marketing is responsible for enrolling more than 60,000 students into her eight online courses. In return, those students have products that are returning six-figure revenues consistently. Find out what automation tool Ellie chose to disregard on her path to working with her best right clients, and so much more. This conversation takes twists and turns and is chock full of information that is actionable and ready for you to use right now. And be sure to stay tuned for the end of the episode where I have a special offer for you. Ellie, welcome to the Tech of Business podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Hi, hi, thank you for having me here. Glad to be here. This is going to be a fun episode because you and I kind of come at technology and tools and systems from a holistic, how is this going to benefit the business and the consumer approach rather than what is the latest fad that is out there. And so let's kind of jump right in to uh, your own tech philosophy as you're working with your clients.
1: Sounds good. <laughs> well, <laughs> the way I uh, usually view it is that majority of people that I work with, entrepreneurs that I work with, they are you know mostly in their you know 30s or 40s. They've been running their business for a while and they want to just bring it online, or it's just there. They have an idea that they want to uh, try to bring it online. So I try to um, work with the basic tools that they need to be able to do their lead generation, their content marketing, all the things that they need. But it doesn't have to be, okay, let's go try out every single tool that's out there. Um, So I usually try, I usually work with the tools that are very user-friendly. They're really easy to integrate with different um, platforms. And then they're very easy to understand and to set up.
0: Nice. Yes, absolutely. Ease of use is one of the uh, the leading factors on my checklist as well. Do you have some tools that you basically tell all of your clients who are just kind of starting out, let's look at this tool or let's look at that tool?
1: Absolutely. So for lead generation, which is a must have for any entrepreneur, I love ConvertKit because it's just so easy to use. And I always tell them, like, if you use this one tool, then you're gonna be able to do pretty much everything that you need to do when it comes to lead generation. You can create forms to you know, place on your website, as many as you want. Um, it's, a lot of times it's just like a couple of clicks away to have your form up and running. And then you have a really good way of creating your email marketing campaigns. Uh, again, all user friendly, a couple of clicks. Um, that's all there is to it. So ConvertKit is one of my top tools that I always recommend to my clients.
0: Yeah, I definitely worked inside ConvertKit a number of times and it is listed on my resource page as one of the options for email marketing. I actually personally use ActiveCampaign and I suggest Mm -hmm. that one to a lot of my clients. Uh, especially ones who are running more complicated automations. I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I know that the automations inside ConvertKit are pretty good, but they are um, not quite the same granular level as they are in ActiveCampaign. And I guess it really depends on who you are working with and what you're trying to do with the tool but you know I, that's kind of the biggest reason why i go with active campaign as opposed to convert kit at the top of my list
1: i totally agree with you um, again you're absolutely right about that you know it, it comes down to who you're working with and what kind of things they want to do majority of people that i work with um, they just want to have a basic lead generation in place and to be able to know where that leads came from and how to target them based on their email marketing. So um, the automation in ConvertKit is definitely really good. It's very user-friendly way to set it up. And they have a lot of nice triggers where you can just, based on the action the user took, you can put them in different buckets and segment them, but it's not as, you can't do it as granular that you can in Active Campaign for sure. So right. I totally agree with
0: you. Yeah. But there is one thing that can kit can do that I don't know of any other tool that does it, which is to have a link automatically add a tag to you without necessarily having To send a whole bunch, send you to a specific website and to do a bunch of other stuff that's kind of extraneous. It is a little bit more like click here and we'll notify Mm -hmm. you of X, Y, and Z when it comes online. And without you having to actually go to a website, you just have to click that within your email, which I think is absolutely beautiful and genius. (laughs) Yeah, to be honest with you, that's the
1: reason I use it for myself because I do a lot of targeting and segmenting. From my list and it, to me user experience like user friendliness is um you know the the top thing that you can very easily and um very authentically and you know organically navigate your users without you know making them jump through so many hoops so that was one of the biggest thing i'm glad you mentioned <laughs> that for me that i wanted to see use convert kit um so that i can you know very easily um but you know put my users into different buckets depending on you know, the, the link they clicked on or, you know, the action that I asked them
0: to take. So absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think convert kit and active campaign and uh, just kind of understanding what the, the, um, advantages and disadvantages of each of the platforms, just kind of looking at two or three of them. That's kind of what I suggest to a lot of the listeners and a lot of the clients that I work with is let's look at two or three, let's not look Mm -hmm. at 18 or 20 and Mm -hmm. let's just make it from, uh, you know, make our decision from uh, mainstream well-regarded tools um, and then decide from there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and I have people who, you know, they, they already are using other tools like AWeber because their business has been there for a while or they use ActiveCampaign. So there's no reason if you're already using a tool and you're comfortable and it's doing everything that you
0: want it to do, no reason to change. So yeah, I'm totally with you. I am 100% on board with that. So now that we've kind of talked about uh, lead generation and email capture, what other tools do you like to to work with?
1: Uh, So like I said, I try to keep it extremely simple um, for my clients, right? So to me, uh, a lot of people that I work with, my main focus is to be able to have a system in place for them where they can attract, uh, they can engage, and they can convert their leads. So really, uh, they, they don't need to be out there and using a whole bunch of tools, and they don't need to be doing a whole bunch of activities. All they really need is a website. Um, they need to have, um, you know, they need to sell their stuff to So they need a platform to sell their offering and then a lead generation tool. So when it comes down to it, I, my best um, platform for a website is WordPress, um, mm-hmm. only because I can just show them, you know, a lot of ways, like how to set up your own articles and pages and just have someone design it for you. And then you can manage it from that point forward. Um, and then as far as selling their offering, I love teachable because again, that's, that's easy, really, really easy to set up. And it has lots of, um, built in features where you can just have, and you can sell your service or your products within, um, that platform. So I I try to keep it like within those three tools, just (laughs) really easy for them to, you know, to, to be up and running and to grow their business.
0: Um, Yep. I'm right there with you. I mean, I started my first WordPress site in 2010, I believe. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started the WordPress freelancing. And I chose the platform because I knew that I would be able to hand it back to my clients and they'd be able to use it, support it, feel comfortable with it, and not have to come back to me or to anybody else to do the Run of the mill type work. Obviously, if you're adding something new, then yes, you might want to bring in a designer or a developer. But for the normal everyday processes of keeping your website going, WordPress is a great solution.
1: It's absolutely a great solution. I, I, I have clients right now who, um, you know, they just even chose to grab a template, a theme they didn't even hire a designer <laughs> and they just set everything up themselves and their site looks pretty professional. So even there is that option if you, if you wanted to, you know, if you're starting out and money is a huge, you know, huge deal and you want to make sure that you're saving, you know, all the money that you can so you can go as long as you, you're possible. You know, so I think WordPress is really a great solution.
0: Yeah. And for me, when I do hear about people who are like, I just want a template or a theme that works, Mm -hmm. I usually recommend to them to find one on a, um, on a premium site where they mm-hmm. can actually purchase it. Well, they purchase it for a low cost and the reason for purchasing it rather than just looking at the free WordPress repository is for support and, and ongoing update needs mm-hmm. and purposes. When you put money out there, at least this is the uh, what I've seen for the most part when you're actually buying a Theme The developer is going to be more inclined to keep it up um, and current and working with all the new updates that are coming to WordPress and to come to plugins and other things like that, as opposed to necessarily uh, the free ones. Some of them definitely are very well supported. But other ones are not. And my one number, my number one rule of thumb is: never, ever, ever install a free theme that you do not install from WordPress.org from the repository itself. I'm totally
1: <laughs> on board with you. Out of curiosity, do you have um, a theme that you recommend, or um, uh, you know, any any platforms that you recommend as far as like theme goes, um, developer?
0: Yeah. You know, it, it's funny that you should ask that because I was for a very, very long time. I worked on a, with a, uh, theme that was a, a builder type theme and there are a few yeah. builder type themes out there right now. And, um, I have kind of gone away from using the builder themes to using page builders. So I use mm-hmm. Beaver Builder as my page builder, mm-hmm. uh, which allows you to build out each of the pages themselves. But mm-hmm. I don't have necessarily a theme that I use overarching for the entire site, uh, most of the time it's, you know, just headers and footers. And then I I go in with Beaver Builder and Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. customize from that. I know, I mean, I have a license for Divi themes and I definitely think that there are some great things with that, with that, with that. Um, but again, most of the builder type themes and, um, you know, whether they're page builders or theme builders or things like that. They do require a developer or uh, a skin to put on and things like that, as opposed to if you were to go to a uh, repository that just sells um, out of the box WordPress themes that you just drop in and customize. It's a very different kind of feel to that. And because of the type of clients that I work with and the, you know, the listeners and things like that, usually it ends up being um, a custom with one of these builder type themes. Yeah, interesting. You
1: said that because I know um, some people are, that I've heard they're leaning towards um, like themes like Divi themes. But I agree with you. I think it's so much easier to have that you know basic header footer and then use a page build, builder like you just mentioned. Like um, use Beaver. Um, mm-hmm. is that the one you use, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I use Origin. I don't know if you've heard yep. of that one. Yeah. Yep. yep. So yeah, to me, it's so much easier to just build out your pages um, inside instead of using, uh, you know, full blown uh, like a DV
0: theme or. Um, yeah, like that. and the biggest thing that you have to remember as a user who's considering changing themes or you know building a new WordPress site is what matters most is that your content is needs to be able to shine. If you're using a theme that you have to put all this blood, sweat, and tears into making it so that it looks decent, you're not going to be able to spend as much time making your content shine. I'd rather you go out and buy something that you can just drop in and you're, and then focus on your content. But uh, so that's kind of the, the drawback. And again, I, I use the builders all the time. So Mm -hmm. It really depends on where you're coming from and what your objective is, and whether you're creating sales pages or you're creating content, uh, you know, and content marketing.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, <laughs> I totally agree with you. <laughs> yeah, and and that's a great point because um, I mean, that's the core of what I you know preach as well. Content is the biggest thing. If you really want to um, build that business, if you want to grow your business, you have got to know how to you know do good content marketing, and and at top, you know. At Core of that is spending that time to make sure you are strategically creating content. So if you're gonna spend your time, you know, trying to screw around with your scene, you're not gonna have that time to put into your, your content. So absolutely right. Yeah,
0: yeah. Let's go, let's talk about content marketing a little bit and just mm-hmm. really kind of what it means and how you kind of see it in action because content marketing as a term is thrown around. All the time, mm-hmm. and I mean, I understand how I use content marketing, but I'm curious from your perspective of what you would share with the tech of business audience on the idea and uh, the motivation for using content marketing.
1: Absolutely. So my biggest thing is that um, I um, always like to grow a business, start a business. Um, by using organic and authentic uh, methods, right? So yes, Facebook ads are great. Um, you know, Google ads are great, but you shouldn't be using that when you're at the beginning Starting to build that platform for yourself, so one of the ways that you go but the core way that you go about that is you want to build your platform by establishing your authority and by also building that trust between you and your prospects so your prospects need to know that you know what you're talking about that you are the authority in that niche and the best way and the fastest way you can do that is through your content and a lot of people think that um, you know when it comes to building that you know authority or establishing that trust you have to always be out there and put out this volume of content and to me that's the worst thing you can do because you're sort of running yourself ragged creating you know tons of blog posts and youtube videos and social media posts and email blasts all of that so it doesn't work like that you don't really need a ton of content, but you need to be very strategic about the type of content you're creating. So, um, at the end of the day, you know, you want to lead your audience towards some place and that place is your, your offer, right? That the, your product or service that you're selling. And, um, the way I come at it is, um, I believe that, you know, your prospects, they are, You know, they're out there looking for a solution to a problem they're having, right? Or they have this dream that they want to reach. And so that, and your offer, your service, your product is the answer to their prayer, right? Totally. (laughs) If you, if you can understand what that pain is or what that, uh, you know, that the desired outcome is that they're looking for. And if you can strategically create your content so you can um, sort of communicate to them that you understand their pain, you understand their desires and do it in a way that not only communicates that with them but also they're able to not just educate but they're able to take action based on the things you're putting out there whether it's like blog posts whether it's videos you're creating whether it's a podcast whether it's your social post they're able to take actions little mini actions and they're able to um you know have like little mini wins right so they they can actually get closer to that solution they're looking for that's how you can strategically build that trust and uh, build their confidence in themselves, right? Because every time they sort of interact with your content and they have those little wins, their uh, confidence in themselves goes up too, that, oh, I can do this, I, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I can have that solution, or I can get there to that desired outcome. And also, you're also building their confidence in you that you are that person who can get them there. And so that's like a win-win situation for you and your prospects. And so if you strategically put all your contents out there, Um, then you can gradually, authentically, organically lead your audience to your offer and give them that ultimate solution they're looking for.
0: Totally. Absolutely. And it's one of those things where when I think of um, a content marketing campaigns or content marketing efforts i think of okay what is the platform that is most likely for someone to be wanting to receive the knowledge that i want to put into my into my content are they going to be searching on google for an article or a recipe or whatever it might be or a fitness routine or you know how to properly clean your debt your dog's teeth i mean are they going to be searching that on google Are they going to be searching that on YouTube and wanting to see a video and watch a video? Are they going to want to take that with them on their run or while they're gardening and in a podcast form? Because you have to be strategic. Because again, like you said, you don't have all the hours in the world to just create, create, create. And so understanding where someone's most likely going to want that content and creating it for an environment that is going to be conducive for them to absorb it feels to me like uh, one of the major pillars of content marketing.
1: That's such a great point because I think that's where many entrepreneurs actually fail or struggle is that they feel like they have to be everywhere doing everything, right? I have to be on YouTube. I have to create blog posts. I have to, you know, um, do YouTube videos. So they they have to do podcasting. So they want to be everywhere doing all kinds of things and they just wear themselves out. Um, where you like you just said, it's just be strategic about where your audience is exactly what type of content is going to resonate with them better, which is a vehicle that's going to get them what they're looking for. And just, you know, use that to
0: strategically put your content out there. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to open a can of worms right now. (laughs) What? What is your thought about using social media for content marketing?
1: I think it's a great tool, again, if you're being strategic about it, right? That's, again, another place where yeah, most entrepreneurs feel like they have to be everywhere all the time, right? I see people putting out, you know, content at like five, six, 10 times a day and on their Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and Instagram. They're like everywhere, but there's no strategy behind it. It's just random, you know, like, content. That's it. So again, just find out where your audience is. Like maybe LinkedIn is where your audience is at and just focus on that one um, social platform and be strategic about it. it. It all, it comes down to the same thing, right? What they're after, what their like biggest desire or pain point and how you can position those little snippets of content so they can understand you're the person who can help them get there. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't like the fact that, you know, people think they have to be everywhere and they want to jump on that. Oh, next big shiny thing of, you know, oh, there's this Instagram now it's the biggest thing, you know, or Pinterest is the next biggest thing. Your audience might
0: not be on Pinterest. Right, right. Yeah. And it's actually really funny because I was looking for a recipe, uh, for, I don't even remember what it was exactly that I was looking Mm -hmm. for. And immediately I went to Pinterest because for me, Pinterest is where I search for recipes. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny that I did that because I I don't use Pinterest myself as a content marketing tool. I don't put stuff out there, but Mm as, as a, consumer, I have found that that is a platform that I want to use to find those things. When I was looking to change the color of my hair, I mean, it's teal right now. It was purple before and it'll be another color, you know, before the end of the year. Um, (laughs) But again, that's something I wanted, I wanted the eye candy. I know that sounds so cliche, but that's what Mm -hmm. Pinterest is for. I wanted to Mm -hmm. see it. I wanted to feel it. I wanted that. So when you understand what kind of content you're creating and where the person is coming from, who's looking for that content, you'll be able to more readily identify, I think where you should be creating that content. And it's kind of ironic as well, because, um, there is so much crossover. There is so much crossover between the platforms. Like if you post an article on your blog, it can be found through Google. If you have a video in it, it could, that video could be living on YouTube. If it's got gorgeous images, you're going to be pinning it on Pinterest. So again, we've already talked about creating one platform, but all of a sudden you're using all three of them to get your message out.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you're absolutely right about that. I mean, some of these um, social sites, um, you know, LinkedIn or Pinterest, they have such a good, you you can get such a good ranking with your content. So if you know exactly, you know, how to strategically place your content in that, uh, you know, that site, then absolutely you can get extra, you know, added traffic coming to you. So you're right about that.
0: Yeah. I, I really love this. And I think that there are a lot of members of the community and over in the Facebook group, you know, just the tech of business community, mm-hmm. Facebook group, there's, I'm sure there's going to be people asking after they listen to this episode, where should I be putting my content and what <laughs> should I be doing with this? And so I'd love to, you know, kind of continue that conversation over there and really hone in on the individual people who are asking the questions. So if you are listening right now and you're like, where's, should should I be putting my content? Drop it over into the Facebook community. And I know that myself and other members of the community would be happy to continue that conversation and kind of give you our feedback and give you our thoughts as to where your content fits best in our realm of uh, um, experiences. If you have any parting thoughts or any other words of wisdom, I mean, there's so many different directions we could have gone with this episode, Ellie. I'd love to actually, like, I'm like, I want to bring her back in like five or six
1: months so we can keep this conversation going. I'd love that. I love that. Um, it, I mean, the parting thought is for me, I mean, uh, for any business owner, my, my, the biggest thing that I always tell my clients is, Um, at the end of the day, if you, uh, think about, you know, no matter what you're selling, what service or product you're selling at the end of the day, you're out there helping someone. So it, it, you know, it doesn't matter what tool you use and what kind of a, you know, vehicle you use to be out there. If, if you bring that human part into what you're doing, right. If human to human, you're a human being and you're selling to another human being. If you approach it from that perspective, all of these questions get answered automatically, right? You automatically will know what platform to use, what tool is gonna to be the best way to connect with them because you're gonna understand them deeply. You're gonna understand what they need and how, you know, how they need it to, to get that ultimate help that they need. So to me, maybe take a step back. I tell my clients all the time, take a step back and really try to understand the people, your prospects, and treat them like you would treat, you know, they're your family members. What exactly do I need? How can I help them? And then from there, believe me, everything else just falls into place.
0: I love that. I love that. I know that the audience is going to want to learn more about you and how to connect with you and all that. So can you share the best places um, online for them to reach out and find out more goodness?
1: Absolutely. So my website is ellienatoli.com. I have tons of um, useful resources, trainings that I do all the time. Um, And then I also have a Facebook group, um, buildgrowthrive.club. That's where I'm most active as I'm there daily answering questions, again, doing a ton of live trainings in there as well. So those are like two best places to find me and to interact with me.
0: Okay. Well, I before we go, I, I like to end most episodes with a little bit of a curveball question. Mm-hmm. So I hope you're ready for this. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, I, I keep going back to keeping the the tools simple and just using the tools and not letting them interfere with you. And I'm curious to know if there is a tool that you really wanted to make work in your business or with a client and it just fell flat. And that's not to say it's a bad tool. It just wasn't the right tool for the project or the environment and what that might've been and what you were, or what you were trying to accomplish.
1: Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about a tool that I tried to place from my own business, and um, it wasn't the tool itself that wasn't working for me, but it was more like the strategy that I decided to, to go with that I ended up doing without, which is kind of unheard of. So I'm gonna, <laughs> let me tell you what this is. So I'm a coach, right? So as a coach, I do coaching calls. And one of the things that we do is we do strategi- you know, strategy um, phone calls to be able to see if we're a good fit, a client is a good fit to work with. So at the beginning, like most coaches, I wanted to have an appointment um, software, right? Appointment um, setting tool. So I went with set more. um, And what I was doing is, um, you know, I I wanted to make sure the person who sets up that strategy call actually pay for that session. You know, because I didn't see a point of, all right, like lawyers. If you're going to go meet with them to have a consultation, they charge you. So my time is valuable. They should be paying for my time just to pick my brain, and then we can decide if we can work together. Mm-hmm. Which was fine. But then um, after you know running my business for I don't know four or five months, then I took a step back and I thought, you know what? I, I like I do this mentorship, which is one-on-one coaching. I don't do you know I, I don't do a lot of one-on-one. Um, coaching sessions, but this is like a high ticket one-on-one mentorship. And I can't take so many clients to begin with. I can only work with 10 clients at the same time. So um, to me then it didn't make sense. I wanted to bring that human part to it as well. It didn't make sense to have, you know, this tool to be between me and my prospects. I wanted to be inject myself into that process from the get-go. So if someone wants to set up a strategy session, it's not like I was going to be, you know, having so many of them every week because I only can take 10 clients to begin with. I wanted to be the person who immediately got back to them instead of a tool in between us to set that appointment and try to figure out exactly if we're the best match through email and through the forms that I have in place before we even set up that call. So I don't, know if that, I don't know if that answers your question, but I mean, that was a situation where like if I tell most coaches, they always have an appointment setting software, right, a tool they use. And I, I just do without um, because it just works best for my situation and for my prospects.
0: And I think that the best right tool for you is what you have implemented. And that's one of the things that I say a lot here on the podcast is to implement the best right tool. That was not the best right tool for you when you you took that step back and looked at your business. So you did the right thing. You did the right thing for your potential clients. And you did the right thing for yourself and for your heart and where you wanted to be. And that says to me that you actually understand how tools and technology and software work with a business and when they are extraneous. And so I think that's a beautiful way for us to wrap up this episode of the Tech of Business podcast. Ellie, thank you so, so much for sharing your wisdom with all of us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'd
0: like to thank your audience. It's been a blast. My top takeaway from this conversation with Ellie was her insight into marketing as human to human connection. What about you? I'd love to know. So join us in the Tech of Business community at techofbusiness.com forward slash community. It's housed on Facebook and you can access it anywhere you access Facebook and share with us your top takeaway. Also... In the intro, I shared that I have a special offer for you. Ellie's course, Invisible to Influencer, is currently in enrollment. The link to check it out is techofbusiness.com forward slash Ellie Natoli course. That's E L I N A T O L I course. And that's, of course, linked up in the show notes. So if you just click on the artwork in your podcast player, you can bring up the show notes and click on that right there. Thank you so much for hanging out with me on the Tech of Business podcast and I can't wait to connect with you further in the community. Thanks for listening to the Tech of Business podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, share, rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Overcast or wherever you download your favorite shows. You can also check out the show notes and learn more about me at techofbusiness.com. I'll see you next week.